Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. We've kicked Tyler out, just got Nick today. Uh, we are going to talk all things at home strength training. Before we do, we had a question come through from Ron Addison, who uh, has been a, a long time client of ours. He has said, uh, just for the record, I do strength training, uh, do a lot of weights and squats on a Monday and endurance every Thursday. For the last four weeks or so, every time I get on my bike, I'm stiff and sore and have no energy. I struggle to keep up with riders that I normally keep up with easily. My guess is I'm not recovering from the weight training. Uh, I have just put a hold on the weight training for four weeks so I can monitor the difference. Uh, please comment if you can. So he does some strength training, which has only been for the last four weeks. By the sounds of it. By the sounds of it. Uh, and he's, he's still, obviously he's still, he's still stiff, sorry, by the time he gets to his ride on a Thursday, so three days later, and he's struggling to keep up and he's got low energy levels. Um, so, oh, I mean, delayed onset muscle soreness, four weeks yeah. isn't that much time. If it, assuming it is four weeks, we've interpreted that correctly, please comment if, if different, Ron. But, um, yeah, f- four weeks, I, I reckon I'd get DOMS for probably about that period, probably four or five if you're doing reasonably heavy sort of weights and you're not used to it. Depends on how you're cycling around with your training as well. Like, my, most of the initial fatigue should be gone probably within 48 hours, but then if he's riding on the back of that like if he's going gym ride gym ride and there's no real like there's always something happening yeah. yeah it's going to accumulate and he's still going to be sore i remember whenever i take a, a, a massive break from gym mm-hmm. and the first session back you don't even lift heavy but you are so sore like, yeah. i'm so sore for probably at least half a week probably closer to a full mm. week like if you do it was only like you know you're just not used to it and you, and you go and do it it's just a completely different stimulus um it's just your body going to damage control you've all of a sudden just come back in and just done something completely different and it's just going, what is this again? Yeah. Same with training, like you, you take, you haven't done VO2 intervals for six months and you do them for the first time, you, the first session's always a struggle. Yeah. Um, and, and on this, it says he does it on a Monday, so one mm-hmm. time a week, uh, probably take a little bit longer to to get to the point where you're not getting as as much DOMS, yeah. you know, you're recovering a little bit better. So I guess my advice to you, Ron, would, would really just to be to stick at it. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you're gonna. It's a training stimulus. It's yeah. extra training. It's different. It's a different type. It is going to cause fatigue, but that's that's good. Like, it, literally, you need to be fatigued to then recover to get the super compensation. Yeah. So, um, my advice would be to, to stick at it, uh, and it will get better. If you've done four weeks, it'll be a lot better by week six, seven, eight. You'll start mm-hmm. to get less sore. You'll recover more quickly. Your body will adapt to what it's doing. Um, but on the back of that, if it's if it's really crucial that you want to stick with the group, then again, be aware that within two to four weeks you'll be fine. But yeah, yeah you know, if you if you stop, but if you yeah. do stop, like you're suggesting, you're putting it on a hold for four weeks, it's just going to happen all again. It's just going to happen again. Yeah, you're going to get sore for four weeks, and it takes in about week five or six or seven, you're back, mm. you're back to normal. So it's just like any training; consistency is king. Um, you will adapt really quickly. But yes, you are going to be sore for the first initial period, but yep. give it a little bit more time, five, six, seven weeks, and, and you will, will get back to normal. Uh, in terms of energy levels, uh, probably just the, like if he's adding it in, an extra bit of training, like like with any overall, if you look at training volume overall, you lift the volume, of course you're probably going to be a bit flat for the first couple of weeks, handling that extra amount of training, yeah, extra type of session potentially. And if you're a bit um, stiff and sore, like that's kind of hand in hand with energy in the sense that like you're only, Psychologically, you can't push as hard yeah. as your legs hurt and it's sort of like, 
not a placebo, but that you almost bring you free you free frame yourself to feel a bit negative. You wake up in the morning, yeah. and go, oh, I got to get on the bike, but I'm a bit sore. Yeah, not going to work as hard because I'm trying to like sort of ride within myself. Yeah, something maybe as well. Like I don't know if he's riding on the weekends, but doing a strength hard strength session on a Monday after a long ride Sunday. I don't know if that's his exact plan at the moment. Probably not the best idea either. So maybe considering moving that session within the week to then balance out his week a bit might also ease a little bit. Bit of it as well. Yeah, so he's saying, yeah, so he's saying weights on, on Monday and then endurance on Thursday. So there's a yeah. bit of a break, but I'd say, again, initially that's still going to be mm. hard going, but then as you get a few more weeks in, you'll, you'll recover a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so the only other thing I was going to say, so don't worry about like your fitness. If you're not reducing your aerobic volume, it's not affecting it. You're fine. Yeah. It's just that you've included a different stress uh, and that is going to temporarily affect your performance. If yeah. you've replaced an endurance set with strength, then yeah, you probably could have lost a little bit of fear. Yeah. So if all else is the same, then then just stick at it and, and you'll be right, mate. And say so you won't be doing a whole lot of gym strength training right now, which leads us straight into the podcast topic mm-hmm. is uh, what can we do at home as endurance athletes to do some strength? Now, obviously, that some people are really fortunate they have a home gym yeah. or they have a, some, some equipment. modified equipment or like just some, some equipment like bands or this. You know, barbell, bench, yep. maybe a bench press, one or two machines if they're lucky, and then some of absolutely nothing. So I'm pretty much going to jump straight over to you, Nick. Maybe um, if they've got nothing, which is going to be a lot a of large people. chunk of people, particularly as well trying to get equipment at moments, struggle. Yeah. So um, what's the goal, and then what can they do to achieve that goal? The goal is primarily movement based. Um, give it, give it, like if we take the example of a, your typical runner who hasn't done a lot of strength in the first place, definitely wouldn't be recommended going out and trying to buy a whole bunch of equipment that you've never used. And it's really, it doesn't have to be a, a fancy program type thing. And We're not bodybuilding. We don't want to get huge. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, it also at the same time, you might see some stuff on social media. Like we watched a video earlier of a guy jumping with a barbell across his back onto a box onto a boat, but like. It doesn't have Let's to be, post that link. Yeah, it doesn't have to be <laughs> complex, silly stuff. Just the simple stuff really, really does work. Um, and for the majority of people, it's just if you can learn the movement, you're going to get better coordination of your body as a result. So just learning how to squat correctly without any, any other equipment or, or things, resistance, whatever. If you can learn how to squat just by yourself internally, you're going to develop that better motor control, understand your movement, a bit more coordination, that is automatically going to help you when you go back out and you're able to run and train and, and things like that as well. So simple works and you can get away with a lot of a lot of it without using any equipment. Some of the guys who are more advanced who might have already been at a gym or and now have been a bit restricted, maybe a little bit different. But if we're talking, if you've got no equipment at all and you haven't really done much in the gym or you've done a bit in the gym but it's not been consistent, like Ron's case, you might have only been doing a short period of time, strip right back and just focus on all right let's just learn some of the technique of our key movement skills which you can get into in a bit of a sec but um, that's going to do a lot more for you than trying to go right up to the other end zero to 100 never works um yeah no, I, think, I, I think there's lots that you can do and I, mm. I reckon from a beginner standpoint which is for a lot of people listening probably never really never seriously done strength yeah then you don't really need equipment. You, know, you probably don't even want equipment. Maybe yeah. some band stuff, but you don't want to be doing heavy squats because one, the technique's going to be rubbish and you're going to increase injury. But yeah. you're right, you're going to have delayed onset muscle soreness for you know, for yeah. a long time if you're doing it. So yeah. it's, it will be very disruptive to your endurance training initially. So um, maybe let's start off with the beginner. They've never done it before. They're very, very yeah. early. Um, the goal really is, is 
the neural transmissions really. Like yep. you get thirty percent stronger by looking at a bar if you if you lift it correctly. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you don't yeah. actually have to lift heavy stuff just to get the motor patterns right. So what's something that uh, let's assume no injuries and if you, let's say we're, yep. we're, we're reasonably we're normal, to go. normal, you know, yeah. at the top of people we get. Um, what body weight act, exercises can they do? So let's let's talk about being time efficient. Let's give 20, 30 minutes for yep. the session maximum. Um, no equipment whatsoever, but they've never done strength training before. So, what do you reckon? I, I always just look at it really. I always break it down into movements primarily. You go. What are our big key compound movements? So multi joint, as much work in bang for buck as you as you can. So some sort of squat variation. So you can just do a body weight squat. Or if you haven't squat before, just sit on a chair, get yourself in a nice feet flat on the floor and basically just stand up from the chair. That's a good starting point. And solidify that technique from um, from the beginning and then you can take the chair away and slowly work into that. Um, so some sort of squat, some sort of then opposite to that because the squat's obviously very sort of quad, front front of your body, anterior dominant. So something that's going to be do more your glutes and your hamstrings. So whether that's a, a variation of like a Romanian deadlift type hinge movement, which we can go into a bit, or... Even something like a glute bridge is a good start. It's simple. It's going to target your, your glutes. It's going to target your hamstrings a bit. Relatively easy to do. Um, ideally, especially you can, some sort of upper body push and pull. So push would be like a push-up is a good starting point. Pull would be like you can wrap a towel around a... If you've got a pole or a set of stairs in your, in your house, you can wrap it around the, the end of the stairs and sort of use that as a, as a pulling motion to work on more your back. So we're just trying to hit as much if our bodies we can, so we're getting shoulders, chest, legs, every part, um, but keeping it really simple. So we're just hitting four key movements rather than, all right, I'm just going to go in and try and do squats today. It's all right, well, I'm trying to do a lower body push, so that's going to work my quads. Like we think about pedal stroke on the bike, for example, or I'm, I'm going to be working yeah. on uh, an upper body pull, which is more going to be related to like a swimming and the catch in the water and pulling through the water. Yeah. Um, following, uh, finishing that with maybe something to do with in and around your torso from a core perspective, however you want to throw that around, but in terms of being able to then transfer from, or I'm generating some force in my legs, I want to transfer that to my upper body, or in the in the swim particularly, we want to transfer force from our upper body to our lower body, so that, that chain in the middle, that, that's the, the key part, part to all of this, working on some sort of um, core strength or torso um, strength is going to be useful as well, so that's how I generally map out really basically look at key movements first and then we can get into the ins and outs of all right, exercises and, and what might be more useful than others, how do we progress them. But yep. thinking movement first is the easy way to do it. So the summary for that is really, in, a, in the best case scenario, probably seven exercises, best case, and that's yeah. a horror, sorry, lower body push, push and pull, so a squat or a lunge or a, off a chair, standing up off a yep. chair versus the opposite movement, which could be a glute bridge, it said. We'll post a couple of links of yep. some examples of these so you get an idea. And then it's the same for the upper body. We've got a horizontal push and pull. And then obviously you can do a, a vertical push and pull if you can. Now, probably not as applicable for endurance because we don't do anything really. I'm thinking the, lats on the way down. The only, yeah, the only overhead would be probably swim. but yeah. and, and maybe in this circumstance, it's more like if you've got access to maybe a chin-up bar or a, or a tree or something, you could do chin-ups on. Yeah, like, oh, I'll, I'll pull ups on. That's probably the only thing. Um, Tyler's got lots of trees he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, typically with like when you're able to swim, and obviously the pool shot at the moment, things like that's a bit tricky. But when you're able to swim, you're probably going to get a lot of that action just by swimming anyway. So yeah, any pushing overhead, yeah, I agree. It's not with that. specific. 
Um, just to balance it out. But again, that's yeah, the best case. Horizontal is probably a little bit safer as well. Yep. Um, and, and that's still going to get that sort of balancing effect. Yep. Whereas the overhead stuff probably not as applicable for, yep. for endurance athletes. I've been mostly focusing, like I said, on lower body push-pull first, yep. upper body is secondary, and yep. then they've got the core stuff is probably somewhere in the Yeah, the core's good. Let's just keep it simple planking yep. or something like that. Yeah, core. Plank, side plank. Um, whatever you want to do. Try to keep it specific. So if you think about swimming, then yeah, you sort of want to be in that that plane of motion. You don't want to be doing yep. fancy outside. But you can, but like I'm thinking from yeah. a specificity standpoint. Yeah, something cool. Yeah, time, well, time trial position on the bike's easy, one. It's like, well, yep. I'm not going to do any sort of fancy, crazy planks and like push ups into rows and stuff. Yep. It's like I'm going to put my arms down like this. I'm going to stay in a pretty sort of flat position. And I'm going to try and hold it. Yeah. Maybe you do some some sort of leg movement off that because that replicates the bike. But even then, it's just yep. like, what's the focus? The focus is core stability, trunk stability. Staying in one line and nice and stable doesn't have to be super complicated. Yep. Keep it pretty simple. Yeah, cool. And then for progressing from that, let's say <coughs> let's say it's the same person. They're still a beginner yep. or very new to strength training, but they do have equipment, like just some. They've got bands, they've got light dumbbells, they've got uh, maybe like a light kettlebell, that sort of yep. stuff. Uh, would you do anything different. So they're still the same person, but now I, I'm, the, I'm new to it, but I've got some equipment. Should they use that equipment? If so, how would they use it? And what are the pros and cons of that versus what we just said before with squat versus all the rest? Mm. It becomes a bit bit individualized. Like if you, if you if we're still talking that example of pretty much starting from, from scratch, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't even bother touching the equipment just yet. Start from the beginning, work your way up. Once you've had a bit of experience, like if, you, if you've gone through and done six, ten weeks of yeah, I'm getting training, bored. It's been six weeks. Yeah, bit bored. It's getting up. a bit easy, yeah. things like that. Then you can start to add in some of that equipment. So things like um, you can start doing instead of just a, a squat with just your body weight, you can essentially like most people are going to hold their hands in this position when they do it anyway to counterbalance themselves. Some people actually find if you hold a kettlebell, a dumbbell. You see on social media, people are holding like cookbooks and stuff like that out in front of them, sort of here in what we call a goblet position really useful because that'll help potentially counterbalance you so stop you from tipping over anyway but it adds a bit of weight so now you're carrying a bit more weight on the way up yeah um do the same for like your glute bridge just hold the kettlebell and dumbbell across your hips um you might then progress either of those exercises to a single leg exercise yeah don't have to use equipment but it is harder so yeah a, a split squat or a lunge for the the squats or you might go to like a single leg glute bridge for for the um that one there as well so that can also add a bit of difficulty or challenge to the to the exercise um things like bands are an interesting one like if you were looking at push-up example you could you could chuck your feet up on something to make it harder you could you could put your hands up on an elevated surface to make it easier wrap a resistance band around your shoulders and push against that i can guarantee it's going to be harder than just doing a normal push-up um so so some of those things can come into it um you see a lot the, the mini bands which have their purpose but I mean, you can only do so much, so many sort of lateral yep. side steps with a mini band before your your glutes just start screaming at you, and it's it's a bit excessive. Um, I still I still think like it, it really depends. I mean, we're not really changing the print, we're not changing the principle. So exactly. if it's something that's going to then progress and, and gradually progress what you're doing already, and it's going to be useful and beneficial, great. Um, something like the rowing example I used before with like you wrap a towel around a pole. If you've got some resistance band like the the long stretchy resistance bands that you can wrap around instead and that's going to give you that's going to be harder to pull back mm -hmm. than, than just pulling yourself up with a towel then yeah great with progressive exercise if it's going to provide you the same stimulus do we really need it yes or no yeah um, i mean so so really it's, it's exactly what i was going to say is it's the same the foundation is the same mm -hmm. whether you got equipment or you don't you're still trying to 
do con- unless you've got a significant injury that you need to isolate yep. a muscle group, you're just doing your compound lifts, your horizontal yep. push pull, but lower body up. Yeah, really, it's 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 really a simple. You can change tempo. You can change, like you can, you can just do, do your squats slower. That's going to be harder than doing it just really fast up and down. Um, but like any any of that type of thing, you can you can definitely alter. Um, there's a number of different variations of the exercises that are going to make it more difficult naturally. Yeah. All the bits of equipment are just there to then. All right. If we can, if we need to continue to progress it, or we want to progress in a different way for variety purposes, then yeah. then we can start looking at it. Yeah. And then when you go into the to the best case scenario, we've got a home gym, we've got access to everything yeah. that, you, that you need. Again, the principles do not change; it's still exactly the same. But hey, now we can chuck a we can chuck a bar on our back or on the front yeah. if you're competent with the movements. Yeah. You can actually do a lat pull down and get really specific. There. Start talking Things about like that. using a bar to maybe deadlift, or if you've got yeah. a, a hex bar, a trap bar, a little bit sort of safe on the back. All that can we can load it up a bit more so. Now we're probably talking towards the intermediate to advanced that spe- yeah. spectrum that yeah, would be benefiting mostly from that, being able to load it up more. Um, and then it also depends on your goals. I mean, it's the type of thing that do we do we really need to be doing some really that heavy stuff? I'm sure we'll go into a sec. But yeah. if you're a, a marathon runner, you want to be like you don't even obviously put it into a size and no, no, that, that doms that we were talking about with Ron. So, yeah. um, but a track cyclist, well, we're gonna we're gonna have to get yeah. as big as we can in the quads and heavy weights are gonna do that. So. Yeah. That's where it does start to change based on what you need as well. So yeah. Yeah. it might yeah. be good to have some of that equipment if you're competent, but you've got to then use it in the right way. Yeah, so we'll come to that in like two seconds. So just in summary, beginners, whether you have equipment or not is irrelevant, really. You just need to do the movements. Yeah. Right? A lower body push and pull, yeah. squat and a d- deadlift. A deadlift, you've got deadlift that, but, but whatever, yeah. anything like that. And then same with the upper body. So keep yeah. it really, and some core. I mean, that's it, five, five exercises. 15 minutes you've done or yep. reps and sets maybe or what do you think I, uh, well again if you haven't rough. done anything I mean you can you're going to get any benefit by doing anything like if, if you do it for the first time any stimulus is really going to give you a, yeah. a, a positive return then it more becomes uh, about what are we what are we trying to target if we're not using much equipment uh, I, I doubt any sort of tradition like if you're looking at like sets of 10 that would be typical hypertrophy muscle building type stuff if you've got no equipment there's going to be a diminishing return on it you're not yep. going to keep putting on muscular size by just squatting your own body weight unless of course you are now getting heavier um that's increasing the weight but it's going to be unlikely so it's the type of thing that i mean you probably can't go too wrong in the early stages no, i right. probably just wouldn't no. be going maybe in ron's case with our bit of information the doms thing may be coming like if you're going and trying to do sets of 20 or 25 squats you're doing that three times and you're only having 30 seconds recovery in between you're going to be fatigued yeah, if you're yeah, doing yeah. things like three sets of ten to begin with, and give yourself a minute, minute and a half recovery in between to start with, yeah, is going to be enough to. All right, I'm going to have a really, I'm going to be nice and fresh so I can get through the movement correctly and nail my technique to get that really good nervous system stimulus. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to be too sore after it as well. All right, so so as a, as a rough guy, guys, I'd be saying something along the lines of you know um, reps of about ten to twenty body weight sort of stuff with say ninety odd seconds recovery. And maybe three sets, so three sets of say 10, 15, 20, 20 is the high end, um, with yeah, about 90 seconds yeah, recovery. Absolutely max. I'm right. even sure, like 8 to, eight to 15. 8 sort to 15. Of range. Yeah, there's and no if that's, need to go in. And if that's really easy, then you just do the one legged alternatives. So yeah, you know, a, a lunge instead of a yeah. squat, for example. All right, we'll yeah. move on. Um, so let's just talk about the, the more advanced, um, whether an advanced strength trainer or just a, a, an athlete who is reasonably fit and I can squat all day yep. long and I don't feel anything, so, so to speak. Um, 
the goal shifts a little bit from not if they've got some experience, it shifts from just movement patterns and the neuromuscular yeah. stuff to more so performance benefit or at least maintenance because they can't go to the gym yep. now and all that sort of stuff. Um, without without using any equipment, I'm thinking straight away. Like I'm thinking, all right, intent to lift. You're right, yep. jumping onto a box. Or if, if you if you've got like if you can go outside, just find a step. Like in my apartment, I've got steps. I just yep. jump up the steps. It takes me about six jumps to get to the top of the steps. Um, are you in that? So are you in, in the are you in the the frame of thinking where it's similar activities but just doing it as fast and as hard as you can or do you yeah pretty much even, even probably one step before things like the box jumps and that like you've got to be careful from that perspective because yeah. compared to like, like you i guess you're an athlete who might jump and land quite a lot endurance sports we don't really jump and land yes like the running motion is quite plyometric as it is but you're not really jumping as high as you can or as hard as you can and then having to absorb all that impact. So something like that could actually then put you at a higher risk to begin with. But it's the type of thing that you, you take your squat, for example, and if you're now at the point where you've got a bar on your back or even if you've got a kettlebell or a dumbbell, that that's all you've got to use, um, cookbooks, whatever, instead of instead of doing that movement, just like really continuous continuous pace. So just slow and control on the way down, maybe pause and then slow and control on the way up. It's now... Pretty controlled on the way down, yeah, but I'm coming up real fast. Yes, I'm thinking about moving as quickly as I can in that in that that upward motion. Um, I always think about like if you like without coming off the ground, but you think about you squat down and then you you're trying to get off the ground essentially. Like mm -hmm. if you've got heavy bar on your back, it's probably going to restrict you. But yeah, you're, you're trying, really you're, you're trying to push it as hard as you can. You are going as hard as you can. It might yeah. be slow because yeah. you've got a whole lot of weight on your back, but you are trying yeah. to stand up as fast as you can. Yeah, and so and like uh, even then, same with like. Um, same with like your, your glute bridge, for example, you might you might ex you explode up through your hips and push your hips up as hard as you can, and then just nice and slow and controlled on the way down. Yep. Um, yep. Push up exactly the same, again. slow on the way down, and then push up as hard as you can or as Pretty fast much. as you can. Yep. Yeah. So I think to get it really simple, if you, if you're competent and confident in doing the, the movement without hurting yourself, you don't have to add weight necessarily. You yep. just have to control on the way down and then really explode on the up phase. So yep. Explode up, explode, push forward, so on and so forth. So that in, it, what we call it, that intent to lift. Yeah, like you, right. you want to be trying to push things as, as hard and as fast as you can. Think of that internally. Like I'm going to almost, almost think about like move the floor. Like if you think about pushing the ground, it's like I'm going to push the ground down. We know it's not going to move. But mm. if you're in that mindset, you're going to push into the floor a lot harder and a lot more forcefully. Yep. Yep. Yeah, awesome. And in terms of rep sets uh, and recovery, Obviously, with this, the intent to lift, the freshness yep. is really, really important. Just roll through some basic uh, sets and reps and, and how you know if you're doing too much or too little because, you know, yeah. intent to lift must be pretty odd. It, it obviously depends on what type of weight you're lifting. Like, if you're not lifting too much in terms of actual load, so you've you, you only got a pretty sort of light weight or you're still at body weight, whatever it is, you probably get away with a few more. But we're now starting to talk eight reps or really less. Yes. I mean, there's no sort of must be fresh. Into it, but, must be fresh. But yeah. you've got to be fresh. You're not doing massive amounts of it. It's really high quality set. Then we get plenty of recovery. So like as far as sort of two, three minute recovery just to completely sort of freshen up for the next one. And again, probably only sort of like maybe two to maybe four sets of it. Again, depending on what you're doing. If you're doing four reps in a set, you might get away with four sets. Um, if you're doing eight reps in a set, you might only get away with two or three. Because it's, it's going to be slightly different in terms of managing that load and being able to repeat that um, with quality across each of the uh, each of the sets in the session, um, and then also thinking about the other exercises you then have to do as well. Um, so we drop the amount of total work we're doing. Yep. Rest goes up. Um, 
almost kind of similar to what we do if you're looking at yeah, the, intensity the, goes the up, stuff we talked about before is, is almost yeah. like your, your tempo threshold stuff is that longer effort yeah, exactly. short, short, a little bit shorter recovery now we're sort of talking about top end quality yeah, we've increased really, the intensity so we can reduce yeah, we can, the number of efforts and it's going to be the same and we're going to give you a bit of recovery in between it's going to yeah, yeah. balance itself out so that's where we get that really effective stimulus there yeah, yeah, yeah. good no, I, th I think that covers it really well but the last thing I want to talk about before we sort of wrap up and give a summary is just the importance of, mo of mobility what mm -hmm. is mobility um and how can people take advantage of this time to to use that for injury prevention or performance enhancement? Typically, yeah, so typically mobility for a lot of people is just going to help them feel a lot better, reduce a bit of that stiffness waking up in the morning. So, And it's like we expect, as we said before, we expect a bit of fatigue. That's the purpose of training is going to fatigue you to then bounce back out and recover. But the mobility side of things is, is going to be there to, I guess, accelerate that. Like you wake up in the morning feeling stiff and sore, Five, ten minutes of mobility, you might like to do some foam rolling, some trigger ball type stuff, if you want to do some stretching. There's a number of different ways you can do it. Um, we do have some stuff with the mobility playbook that, that we've got. Where we've got some routines that you can do that target hips, maybe through your torso, things like that as well, as some starting points. But all of it is designed to just essentially get you loose. You can use it as a warm-up. You can use it first thing in the morning. You can use it um, if you've been sitting at your your home office all day, self-isolation, sitting at your desk all day and then get up at lunchtime instead of going to get food first and then come and sit back down, do five minutes of mobility on the on the ground, keep yourself moving and, and loose so your running session later in the day, your bike session later in the day is going to be a lot more effective. You're not having to spend that extra time going, oh, it's a, the first 10 minutes of my session today was a real struggle because I just felt like my hips were really locked up or yeah. I felt like I was getting a bit of a sore back because my hips are really tight from sitting in a chair so I'm pushing through like this and compensating, it's getting really or tight. sitting on a bike saddle like a yeah. day long, that'll happen. So. Yeah, all of that. It, it's there to basically relieve as much sort of tension yeah. out of the body as we can, um, keep things moving all loose, but then also just from a general wellbeing perspective, it's a good way to just sort of relax and sort of zone out for a bit. Um, so you get a good benefit of physical and psychological out of it. Um, it's sort of the real purpose that most people are going to see yeah. the effect in. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So I, I think let's leave it there. Let's do a bit of a summary. So, but basically in summary, whether you've got equipment or you don't, we're just looking at those core movements. So a lower yep. body push and pull, upper body push and pull, a little bit of core, and that's essentially all you need to do. If you're a beginner, just focus on being in control. Really think about the movement, get the yep. movement done correctly. Don't worry about how hard it is yep. or anything like that. Or wait, just get it done right. Somewhere around eight to sort of fifteen sort of reps, three-ish sets is yep. about right. Uh, and then if you're more of an advanced athlete, again. Do exactly the same thing, but just do it with intent to lift, right? Nice and controlled on the way down, explosive yep. on the way up. Less is more when it comes to this. Don't try to do the same amount. Do less, but keep it really high quality, and it'll be really successful. And then from a mobility standpoint, really good for, for even just wellness, but also just, just it feels good when you can move your hips, when yep. you're not feeling tight and all the rest. Yep. If you want some, some free mobility exercises to do, click the link that we're going to put in this bio uh, down below, Nick's put together a mobility playbook, totally free. So go through those exercises. They are they are really really good at, at increasing mobility, and reducing tightness, and, and just yeah, overall, yeah. you don't hurt after it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's videos, so yeah. There's videos in there to show you what exercises to do, but then also PDFs of exact sessions you want to follow if you want. Um, like I said, you can use them in your warm up before your yeah. session, before your bike, your run, your gym session, however you want to use them. Yeah. Um, but we got the information there, so you know exactly what to do, and it's. 
it's um, pretty sort of easy to under, easy to follow. So take advantage while you've got the time. Click the link, get onto that. There's also an option to have a strength program if you want it, just an at-home one. Totally up to you, but if you, if you want to take advantage of this time and, and start to introduce yourself to some strength or you can't get access to, to a gym, but you want to keep it going, feel free to check that out as well. Any questions, please let us know. We're keen to keep doing these podcasts. Hopefully you found them really useful so far. Uh, we want to keep being engaged and active throughout this time. And uh, the, the more questions you ask us, the easier it is for us to create that content. So thanks for your time, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon.